The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, March 26, 2018, Episode 30, Take 12. This is truly a new record for us. I hope we never break it. We have had some technical difficulties that have caused some consternation, some frustration, and some broken glassware. I'm basically doing this into an 8-track right now. I mailed him the tapes, and he spliced them into his computer using some sort of primitive software that was discarded in a, some sort of dumpster in this the back alleys of D.C. We're scotch taped together on this one. Hopefully it holds together and everything's synced up. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Joining me is Nick from the Houston Outpost, and we are Hello, hoping everybody. that our 30th episode actually reaches the Internet. Hey, so, so I've actually heard this from... A couple other podcasts before, so this is another benchmark for us, but the one we just recorded, you guys, I'm not exaggerating, that may have been the best pacing we have had yet, and you can just look forward to the fact that you'll never hear it, but you can always wonder. It's like that Tenacious D song that they play in the movie, it was the best song in the world, and they talk about how they can't remember what the song was, but that it was the best song in the world. We just had the best podcast in the world, but we're going to try and get you a close second on this one. So I thought this was going to be a like watching paint dry this week, but the NFL owners meeting in Orlando is giving us a little bit to talk about. So let me give you the headlines and we'll, we'll walk through these pretty quickly because it is now four in the morning and I have to work in an hour and a half. <laughs> we're going to start with the Kevin Colbert interview, some in- insights, some incredible insights. Kevin, just let put all his cards on the table. We know more about the Steelers than we've ever known in the past. We yep. are also going to talk about our recent free agent signings. It's a little more in depth. Mm-hmm. We're going to explore the potentiality of Bud Dupree, what we all hope will be his breakout season. The fourth, obviously, I mentioned the NFL owners meeting. We're going to talk about some rule changes, and then we have a couple odds and ends we'll end the show with. So Ke- Kevin Colbert's interview, what did we learn? Well, he touched on kind of the popular subjects of the day. Of course, he was uh, not able to do the interview without being asked about Bellwatch, naturally, right? So he said Le'Veon's contract talks have been put on hold until after 
basically more pertinent, immediate business is handled, i.e. the draft and the rest of free agency. So that makes sense to you and I and all of our intelligent Steeler fan listeners out there, but it didn't seem to make sense, or maybe the media didn't want it to make sense because they promptly spun that story into Kevin Colbert says there are more urgent matters to tackle than Le'Veon Bell's contract situation. This is just blatant falsity, falsism. Fake news. Fake news, fake news. Hashtag fake news. Because basically what he said is that a lot can change in between now and the end of the draft. One example he gave was you might get an unexpected player who falls to you in the draft. You might get a stud like the way David DeCastro, who's probably a top 10 player in his draft, slid all the way down to the Steelers. And in that situation, that might make one of the guys on your team currently expendable. And you could cut that guy for a cheaper rookie and therefore have more money to sign Le'Veon Bell to a contract. You know, there's other situations that could go on as well. He didn't say this, but, you know, what if an amazing running back falls to you? And you say, well, this guy wasn't supposed to be here at 28. But I digress. Basically, all he's saying is that the Le'Veon contract is still a big deal. He wants him to remain in Pittsburgh forever. And uh, but there's some some things that will change the landscape in between now and then. And plus, it just doesn't make a sense any sense for them to do a deal right now to the last minute. Uh, I think you're missing the headline in the interview. Am I? What's that? Kevin said that we're going to get at least seven players in the draft who can help us in 2018. Wow, that's uh, that's usually the goal, right? Let's not gloss over that little fact. And Mike. Mike Tomlin, I heard his interview, watched his interview with Missy Matthews. And interestingly, Mm -hmm. a guy's in Orlando, Florida, for really, what? He's not on the rules committee, right? He's got nothing but time. He's in a blue blazer. Blue blazer, huh? It was was very becoming. He's a a studly-looking guy, but I got to say, Usually goes with the sweatpants. Yeah. You wear sweatpants to work, but you wear a blue blazer to vacation. It's just a little, it's a little backwards to me. I like it, though. Mike's switching things up a little bit. We're used to seeing the whistle and the sweatshirt. Maybe he'll switch, you know, passing long on fourth down and inches and playing exclusively zone defense against every quarterback in the league. I like it. Let's just go for two every time. So let's move on to John Bostick and Morgan Burnett. Learn a little bit more yeah. about them this week. Yeah, so Kevin had some comments on them. He's basically echoing what all of us in the Steelers, I don't want to say media, we're thinking, but you know, anybody who covers the Steelers. So first he tackled John Bostick. That, that would Okay, he talked he about it would be John physically Bostick impossible for Kevin Colbert to tackle anyone, let alone John Bostick, who could potentially eat him and digest him like a normal meal. I mean, Kevin's got some fat on him, so he probably tastes all right, but now we're kinda going off the rails. Like we said, it's four thirty in the morning. Okay, Bostick. Here's what Kevin said. Injuries have slowed his career down so far, which is true. But he pointed out that he had a healthy and productive year with the Colts last year. Again, very true. We looked at some of the run statistics, and he was actually a great run stuffer last year. He played very well. Like we said before, the main reason why this guy kind of slid through the cracks and nobody was talking about him was because he was put on injured reserve on like the second to last week of the season or third to last week of the season last year. But the injury that he sustained to his knee actually wasn't very intense. He would have been able to play the next game or two um, if they hadn't wanted to just make 
moves on the roster, and I guess they're trying to figure things out about the rest of their roster. So they put him on injured reserve, but he wasn't he didn't need surgery or anything like that. So he makes a good point with that. The last thing Kevin said about him was he's a high pedigree guy, second round draft pick originally, and he's still on the upswing in his fifth year. I don't know about upswing, but he did play really well last year, his first time being healthy, and he's still in an athletic prime. So nothing we didn't know, but it's good hearing it from Colbert. I also think it's good that uh, we're going to move on to the safety in Morgan Burnett, that this guy has some versatility. I mean, I'm not sure that Sean Davis should move. I mean, he, he seems to be well-placed. Yeah. If he can if he could not miss tackles, he seems to be well-placed <laughs> where he is. But uh, people are talking about moving him to free safety. Not that that means a whole lot anymore. But Burnett can play in several positions in the backfield. Right. No, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, he he definitely needs to learn how to tackle better, but I feel like the best moments of Sean Davis are when he comes up and makes those run stuffs at the line of scrimmage. Now he whiffs on three of those, you know, two of the three attempts that he'll have on a run stuff like that, but when he hits it, that's when we see those flashes of, like, there's the guy that they drafted, there's the athlete. And he's played, th- like, three different positions in three different years, more or less, based on the way they've used him in the defense. So switching him again doesn't sound like a great idea. Sean Davis, that is. But... I digress. Let's go back to Colbert's comment on Burnett. The first thing he said, he made sure to point out that he is older than Bostick. Bostick, a young uh, signing. Burnett kind of old. Uh, bucks the trend. Yeah, well, he bucks the trend on what the Steelers usually do. They usually don't sign guys over like 27 in free agency, but this guy's 29, but he's a productive, long-time starter with Green Bay, and it's not like he's 32, like Willie Gay, who I – Always think is 37, but Willie Gay is only 32. But either way, his position versatility is the big thing. That's what you were saying. And if you guys have been listening to us recently or you look back to any of our former or older podcasts, that's what we've been saying with all these guys in the draft. That's what the Steelers want. They want versatility. They want linebackers who can drop into coverage and who can rush. They want safeties who can stop the run who can make and cover slot guys. And that's kind of the main thing about him. He can play safety slot defender or dime line or dime linebacker which basically means you have three safeties on the field which is a very common nfl package these days and the steelers we've failed miserably with this with robert golden and other guys over the last few years hopefully they could still get a very good safety in the draft and you'd get that guy burnett and davis on the field at the same time and finally have a really solid dime defense that's what we're hoping for with this guy and that's what he brings great run stopper though by the way only missed one tackle last year the whole year if you were a renaissance sculptor Mm. looking at a granite block at the end of that sculpt would be bud dupree he's glorious he's glorious on display (laughs) (laughs) he just needs to have a breakout year this year and uh he needed that last year he needed yeah, he didn't need it last year. We are facing crunch time in May. Yes. Bud Dupree's fifth-year option. Now, before we get to Bud Dupree's fifth-year option, a word from our sponsors. No, I'm just kidding. We, we would love to have sponsors, though. So if you guys are listening, the numbers are, are jetting out of the roof, so hit us up. But I did want to ask, make sure your garage band is still recording right now, just so we don't do episode 46. It's good? We're good. All right. So GarageBand, that one was on the house, but next time you're going to have to pay for it. Okay, fifth-year option for Bud Dupree. For anybody who doesn't know what the fifth-year option is, 
it's what happens when you draft a guy in the first round. His contract is for four years, and then you have an option to keep him for an extra fifth year. Um, how much they get paid in that fifth year is dependent on where they were drafted in the first round. Like, were they a fir- uh, picks one through ten? Were they an eleven through twenty? So on and so on. I think the price tag for Bud is around ten million dollars. The other thing about that fifth year option is it's fully guaranteed with injury, which unfortunately for Ryan Shazier and for the Steelers. We, it's come into effect with him. So Ryan, we picked up his fifth year. That was an obvious move. He's a superstar last year, being his fourth year. They said, of course, we're going to pick up the fifth year option. And he's hurt right now. He's not going to play this whole year, but he's still going to get paid for it. So that's one thing to consider. Kevin had a couple comments on Bud Dupree. He said that injuries have slowed his progress a little, which is fair. He had a big shoulder injury this past year. He was dealing with it pretty much the whole year. And the year before, I think it was like a hip flexor or a groin or something like that that kept him out of a bunch of games. And he said that we haven't seen the best of Bud Dupree yet. It's trying to be like a comic book kingpin or something like that. I, I hope he's right. Um, I think, you know, if Bud could stay a little healthier, he obviously has the physical tools but man like we said all year he just the guy doesn't have any moves he lacks some serious football ability that was the problem with him coming out of college and it still seems to be the problem now so should be interesting to see if they pick up his option or not it's not an obvious decision i could you could go either way well you mentioned still decent player absolutely Uh, i think we have bigger needs to fill but did did you see the story about ryan shazier and the possible restructuring of his contract yeah there's a well that speaks directly to what Kevin Colbert was talking about with the Le'Veon situation. There's other things that could happen that change the Steelers' salary cap situation. They're talking about potentially restructuring or even extending Ryan Shazier to kind of spread his money out a little bit. The talks about them possibly extending Ben just came up again. So there's some things that are going to happen between now and then. The, the Shazier extension is probably unlikely, but, hey, they talked about it, so we'll see. This just in. They're going to do a do-over for the 2017 season because they decided that their stupid catch rule should be reneged. Oh, interesting. I feel like there was a certain podcast who was talking about that while it was happening, along with 98% of America or anybody who's not a Patriots fan. So, yes, after the Super Bowl, even during the playoffs, there were coaches, owners, and Roger Goodell were talking about the fact that the NFL competition committee would be reviewing the catch rule in the offseason. And in fact, they did. And they have all but come to an agreement. It's uh, basically certain that the NFL competition committee is expected to change the catch rule this offseason. They used four plays as their guide to look at, uh, as the controversial plays to see, like, what the heck are we doing wrong here? Of course, the main play they used was Jesse James' touchdown, yes, touchdown catch against the New England stupid Patriots earlier this year they also used des Bryant's famous des caught it thing in the playoffs and a couple other ones um basically they're changing the rules we'll let you know what they are they're equally as confusing as ever but one of the officials did leak to the media that jesse james touchdown catch would stand under these new rules so that doesn't make me feel any better at all it almost makes me feel worse so gone is the requirement of surviving to the ground. You just need to break the plane and control your yeah, body. Yeah, so here's the and requirements. And get two feet down. Get another body part in. Or demonstrate the ability to perform such an act, whatever that means. 
Yeah, so the requirements. There's one, two, and three. And three has a couple addendums on it. Number one, control. Whatever that ref decides is control. Number two is two feet down or another body part. And number three is the old-fashioned football move, such as, one, a third step, or two, reaching or extending for the line to gain, like Jesse James, which was my whole argument towards that during the season. Go back and listen to our old podcasts. Relive the horror. That's what I was saying. When Jesse caught that ball, some people say, oh, it moved. It didn't move. Well, the rule isn't that the ball can't move. The rule is you have to have inconclusive evidence to turn the damn thing over. And maybe it was likely that it was on the ground, but the damn thing wasn't inconclusive. But what I said was the guy caught it in both of his hands, turned around, saw the goal line, and lunged at it. If that isn't, that's like a button in Madden. Dive for the goal line. How could that not be a touchdown? Well, looks like the NFL agrees. Jesse... Jesse scores a touchdown. Steelers going to the number one seed and uh, probably give up 50 points to the New England Patriots probably. But, no, nah, I'm just kidding. They would have won the Super Bowl. So I'm sure they'll give us an honorary one for the, uh, for the old trophy case. So then it explained that in a little more detail, a little more Arcania. This is an interesting story that came out of from Ravens territory. Boo. And, and I like it because it paints them in a, in a negative light. Yeah, so if you guys hadn't heard, the Ravens participated in some shady dealings recently. They terminated the contract of Ryan Grant. So he's a receiver from Washington that they signed in the offseason to a decent deal um, to fill their just chasm of talent at wide receiver. Then, like, before the deal was officially done, you know, it takes a couple days for these things to officially get done, Michael Crabtree gets released by the Oakland Raiders. Michael Crabtree is the perfect Ravens receiver. He's an older receiver who's still a good player, but he's on his downswing, and he's a total jerk bag. He's Steve Smith. He's Anquan Bolden. They love these slow jerks who are just still pretty good, but on their downswing. Derek Mason, they've been doing this for years. So they said, oh my God, Michael Crabtree, we have to have him. So what did they do? They lied and they said that Ryan Grant failed his physical and they canceled his contract, null and void. They went out and immediately signed Michael Crabtree and their Twitter all happy put out a bunch of smiley faces with the emoji of a crab in a tree. I'm like, man, you guys have no shame because this is clearly shading. By the way, Ryan Grant immediately signs with Green Bay and passes their physical like within the next few days. So everybody knows that it's a bunch of bull crap. Well, hopefully karma, which I don't you normally believe in, reigns in this circumstances. Hey, we, uh, we were kidding about commercials before, but uh, we appreciate you listening to our show. We do this podcast every week, even in the offseason, as you're noting currently. If you haven't subscribed to the show already and you like what you hear, please subscribe. We try to do, we will, we have done this every Monday night and we publish either late Monday, as the case might be, it might be early, early, early Tuesday today, but you'll get us every week. So we appreciate it if you subscribe. So moving on, we have our, our last segment. We're going to, we're going to truncate this. Normally we've been doing the top five at each position, but we're going to look at two edge rushers who might be of interest to the Stillers. Yes, and guys, I apologize. Usually we try and keep it to the lists of five, but duty called this week, and I didn't really get a time to break down the rest of the edge rushers to the extent that I wanted to. So I'll mention three guys next week for you when we break down maybe running backs or another or interior defensive lineman. We haven't decided on that position yet, but I'm going to talk about two guys today. 
kind of, uh, I wouldn't say mid-round picks, but maybe second to third round type picks that you that Steelers could be looking at because they definitely need another edge rusher. Like we talked about this uncertainty with Bud Dupree. Your only backup coming back next year probably is going to be Chicolo. Uh, you definitely need a little bit more than that. So number one, my favorite guy, who's not listed number one on this paper, so don't be surprised. Number one is Agbanya Okoronkwo. From Oklahoma. This dude O-O-O. is he has a demon. Oh, he's OOO. Well, he's about to be OOS or OOP for OO Pittsburgh. That's, Oop. I don't Oops. know. We're, we're going to call him the Oop Man. Oops. Ah, genius. Okay. Pittsburgh Steeler. That's pretty good. He could hang on with Chidi Awuma in the front office. No, that's an awesome name. The more awesome names we have, the better. By the way, there's a guy in the draft named Fuamatu Uma Afala. If I mean, we got to get him back. If we could get two Fuumatu Uma Afalas on our team in history, I don't see how that results in anything except for certain victory. That's so. about its unattainable record. Yeah, nobody else has that. Anyways, Ogbonia, Ogbonia, I got to learn how to pronounce that, Okoronkwo from Oklahoma. This dude's 6'1", 240. He actually kind of... In a weird way, sort of looks like he has that James Harrison build where he's a total V with tree trunk legs. He's not nearly as strong as a James Harrison or, or quite as short. I think James is maybe an inch or two shorter, but he sort of reminded me in that way. But he plays nothing like James Harrison. This guy is a straight-up speed rusher. He's got super quick feet for an edge defender. He's got like the spin move, the juke move, the swim move. All kinds of things that the Steelers don't usually look at. They usually like the big beefy guys. They're like, you know, Adonis, Bud Dupree, like we talked about. Um, TJ Watt's kind of a mix, but he's a giant. And then Woodley and Harrison were the strength guys. But this guy is definitely a speed guy. I think more of like a smaller Dwight Freeney. He's got to put on some weight. But I like that about him. He sometimes could dominate games just by juking out these tackles and hitting them with swim moves. And he played some pretty good teams and played well against them. And the other thing that the Steelers are going to love about him, bringing it all back around, he's versatile. you got to see him play everywhere you'd like to see an edge play. He played on the ball. He played off the ball. He rushed the quarterback. He covered a little bit in the flats, and he set the edge as a run defender. So that's always a positive when you get to see a guy in college do all these things except for pro- like instead of just projecting what he can do based on his ability. Now, being a speed rusher, I'd say the negative on him is he needs to develop a little bit more power because he can get crushed sometimes out there. But I like what he brings. He was the most impactful of the mid-round guys that I was looking at. All right, but we have another uh, another guy in reserve here from Ohio State, Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard, the Large white demon. Mountain of Nobody ever called him. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's 6'6", 265 from Ohio State. Obviously, they do a good job of producing talent. He's kind of famous right now for having just one of the most horrendous 40 times we've seen in recent history. He ran a 4'8-something at his pro day, which is pretty god-awful. But he he did fantastic in the cone drill. I don't remember exactly what his time was, but that's a more pertinent drill, and he said that he hadn't been running the 40 recently. So this might actually be a good thing for the Steelers. That might scare some people off of him, but I'm not asking him to run go routes. So I'm not super worried about that 40. I think he plays faster than that. Okay, so this guy, he's not (laughs) – he's faster than 4'8", but at the end of the day, he's still not explosive. He's not a speed guy like Okoronkwo is. But he's got a good – 
like he's got a good pace of play. He had a little bit more violence than the rest of these guys that I've seen. He has good arm movement. He has some decent pass rush moves, a la J, uh, TJ Watt, with some of like the rips and swims and kind of stuff around that nature. And more so than some of the other guys we were looking at, and more than Okoronkwo, he has a better ability to push the pocket, to just drive the tackle right into the quarterback and get him to feel some pressure. So I like that about him. I saw him drop into coverage a little bit, not super inspiring, but yeah, he just had a good pace of play and uh, well-conditioned, and like I said, a little bit stronger and some good hand moves, which is nice to see. So, uh, again, that's a truncated list. We'll get some of that up on some, some of the highlight tapes up on the website. Uh, I won't be doing that tonight. I do have to go to work in three hours. So we, yeah. had, some, we had some miscellaneous. You had something? Right, before we finish, guys, I sure. do want to say that I would be really sub- surprised if anyone surpasses Okoronkwo for me. I, this is the guy I liked. I, I did watch a little bit of Josh Sweat, who's a guy that sometimes mocked to the Steelers at the end of the first round. I don't really think he's totally worth that high of a pick. Um, I could be wrong, but I like this Okoronkwo guy. Big upside, big-time athlete. I'd love to see that um, out of your picks. And I'd rather draft him in this, you know, someone in the second or third rather than the first. So I'm not totally leaving you with nothing here. That's definitely my guy that I'm liking so far. So uh, a couple of little tidbits to add to the podcast. And I'm sorry to bring it down, but it bears noting that Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly, uh, it was recently announced that his cancer is back. He's got cancer of the jaw and mouth, and there's some radical surgery in his future. It's, it's scary. I mean, I think he he had a child with uh, some disabilities or, or maybe yeah. passed away. I mean, this guy has, has taken a lot of hits in his career, so we are our prayers are out for him and his family and his recovery. Well, this is about the third time that cancer has come to him as well. He is the coolest guy in the universe. I think he's a Pittsburgh guy too, actually. Yes, he he's a West And PGA he's guy. good friends with Ben Roethlisberger. They go fishing and golfing and stuff like that. I heard him on Sims and Lefko podcast, a great uh, podcast if you want to hear something about like the total NFL. Um, and he's the coolest, most down-to-earth guy ever. You see that a lot of times with people who have to overcome all this adverse, adversity and they end up being the best people. And he really is the best kind of people best kind of guy that you could and we are really praying for the guy and hoping that that kelly strong uh, mantra takes him and buffalo and all his supporters through this next one and i have no doubt that he's gonna do it because he's the man i mean he's gone through man losing four super bowls in a row that's hard i know it's just a game but that is really hard and then to have his child born with that with a disability and then to go through cancer this many times he's such an inspiring guy to, to live life the way he does. So we are, our prayers go out to him for sure. So on a little lighter note, uh, Hugh Jackson quote, Tyrod Taylor, this is our starting quarterback. There are no bridge players. Yeah, that's not true, Hugh. I mean, shut up. You're one in 30. And even more laughable, maybe this is laughable, Johnny Manziel, through yeah. at the University of San Diego Pro Day, March 22nd, Thirteen scouts present. And he, a uh, Texas A&M is going to entertain its own pro day at which he will pass with all the his former teammates Jeez. watching. Or. So Johnny is um, one of the more hateable characters that's ever come through football. I did. He's just he's just a douche. Why is he at every all point chances? of his career? Who's giving him all these? Yeah, chances? it's frustrating. They've shown. He's but shown. I, what he can do yeah, or can't but do. But I, w- I will say this for him. So, Johnny Manziel, he is a douchebag. I'm sorry. Excuse my French. But, um, <laughs> but, 
I do believe in second chances for people. And I don't even like the guy. But he has gotten clean and sober, apparently. And his tone that he's taken over Twitter and his public statements in recent times have definitely impressed me. I mean, the guy's history is much more important than what he has said, but it does sound like he's a little more down to earth. He talked about how low he got and how it took him getting to the bottom of the ocean, basically, emotionally, to realize that he had addiction problems and this and that and the kind of person that he was and the fact that he was a bad guy. And he's kind of coming at this with more humility than I've ever seen him have. A lot of people want to make the point that Colin Kaepernick, who's a much better quarterback, uh, objectively, much more successful, uh, isn't getting any trouts with teams. But this guy, who's had all the chances in the world, are getting them. He responded on Twitter about that, basically just voicing support for Colin Kaepernick and saying that, hey, this is bullcrap a little bit that I'm getting these opportunities and he's not. The guy led his team to a Super Bowl and was a perennial terror in the NFC West. He might have had one bad year, but he obviously deserves a chance. And what he's doing for uh, the community is you know, more important than what I'm doing. But I, that's more about Johnny's taking a uh, more humble approach. So I don't really care either way if he makes it, but it is good to give people second chances if he's truly changed. We are striving to make this show as informative and entertaining as possible, and we'd love to get your feedback. I know it's not on the top of your list, but uh, you're right there on your app right now. Can you please give us a rating? Good, bad, or indifferent. We just need a little feedback. You can also talk directly to us. We'd love to hear some some of the thoughts for, you know, what's your reaction to some of our positions, what we said, what do you want us to talk about? So we are on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. You can go to our blog on our website at Steelers Outpost, that is SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at Gmail. As soon as we get our first sponsor or advertiser, we'll get our own domain name, which will probably be something oh. like SteelersOutpost.com. But send nice. us an email at SteelersOutpost at Gmail.com. And until next week, thank you for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.